1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: It's Neil Atkinson on a little freebie with a clip and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm joined by John Gibbons to talk about a lovely little thing that we put out this morning uh, on Gerald Kwanzaa. Uh, John, you just came up with the idea. Uh, and we often have ideas and we say we could do this and we could do this. And you thought well, it would not be great to learn more about Gerald Kwanzaa. I thought, yeah, it was actually. I look forward to listening to it. Um but often, when you try to pull this stuff together, it takes weeks, it takes months, you're trying to pin people down, you're trying to get them on the phone. Uh, it's talking about 20 minutes, to be honest with you, I'm almost offended as to how quickly it turned itself around.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm partly just, you know, we're getting quite good at our jobs, I think, <laughs> 11, 12 years in. Yeah. Um, you know, we're right at it. But I think the main reason it was so quick was everyone loves them, and that comes across in this. So um, no one said no. Um, and you come up with a bit of a hit list and that's sort of the skill really and that comes from experience, you know, and it's a little bit harder for younger players because obviously they haven't had the career and so we, um, we've we done, it's a bit similar to a player profiles, so this, what we've yeah. done in the past, but, you know, if you think about someone like Andy Robertson, where you go up to Scotland and speak to people who you work with there, and then he goes to Hull and you speak to someone there and then, and then they've got this sort of career, whereas for someone like Jarrell, you know, he, he didn't necessarily have that. So it's looking at, okay, well, he was on loan at Bristol Rovers. Will someone, will someone speak to us from from Bristol Rovers? And then you're looking at, at who you might get. And then you're thinking, well, he's played England all the way through. You know, who can we get from his England coaches? And then obviously someone from the academy as well. And so you come up with a bit of a hit list. And everyone just said, yeah, and that's testament to him. You know, rather than my great emailing, <laughs> uh, belt of WhatsApps <laughs> um, or whatever it is, it's testament to him because... You know what you find um, with, with with you know with footballers is that more, the more well, first of all they're always more likely to talk about each other than they are themselves. Yeah. like they sort of prefer it in a funny sort of way. So the nice thing about player profiles is that you know if I've asked some of these players, "Oh, will you will you have a chat about yourself?" Do you don't really want to. Gerard's a really good example in the summer. So. We we asked him to, to do something on Curtis Jones and he just said yes right away. Whereas we would have asked him to do something on Istanbul, he'd have been like, oh fucking hell, don't want to do that again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um and so and so so that so so they, they prefer talking about each other, but obviously the more they like the the person, the more likely they are and willing and want to do it and and everyone to do it, which I think is a massive test, massive testament to him. But also, um I think as well it's testament to the academy because what's interesting is I, I, the 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 show's about Joel Kwanzaa but other players come up because like uh, Paul Coots um for example who's the Bristol Rivers captain who spoke to us which was brilliant um but there's I mean there's a funny story about how we got him but um but he was he um he was he was like oh yeah well I've, I've actually I, I went with Jordan I but Derby and fucking hell he was good you know type yeah. thing. this is also of all to come and, you know a lot of them you know the England lads are like there's two England coaches I spoke to one of them is Ian Foster who you will hear and one of them is Kevin Betsy who I just want to thank because I wasn't able to to do a proper recorder with him but he spoke to me um, on the phone for for about 20 minutes and he was great but one of the things that both of them were saying is the Liverpool lads are brilliant and, and Ian's a bit biased because he's from Merseyside but Kevin's not um, and he's like the Liverpool lads are always spot on in terms of their attitude, in terms of just nice to speak to mm. and to get on with, and so so that made me like really proud of the academy. <laughs> yeah, Do you yeah, know what I mean? In a kind of like, well, they're producing good people as yeah. well as as very really good footballers, and so that was nice to hear from from England people that um that he's, he's he's a really he's a really good fella. But he's been right through with England, and I was really lucky to to speak to the two England coaches I did because Kevin Betsy, who I like I say you won't hear, uh, he had them from under-15s to under-18s and that's deliberate. Did they, they keep them together because Kevin told me that it's not ideal at England youth level because you you're not... Um, you know, you get them for a week, and then you don't see them for a couple of months, yeah. and, and like at men's level, that's fine. Um, but at youth level, it's like it's really important to get like a rapport with the lads and trust, and and get to know what makes them sort of tick really. And so they've made the decision to. That the coaches go up with them for a few mm. years and then sort of drop back down and it is it is really interesting because I, I just thought it was a coincidence when I saw he has got him at fifties. Yeah. I was like he keeps getting the same manager that's lucky well it's not <laughs> um, they do it on purpose so Kevin Betsy had him 15s 16s 17s and 18s and then Ian Foster who you're going to hear from third had him under 19s and under 20s and that under 19s wins the European Championships and then the under 20s team he takes to the World Cup and he, he starts in the final of the under 19s European Championships and win it, and what an experience that is but that was quite funny as well, because, like, you're talking about this, oh, yeah, the under-19s final, and, and what was that like, you know, thinking he's going to be... And then you realise it was, like, <laughs> it, was, it was 18 months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, when you're talking to a, you know, a player about playing it under-19s, like, you, you start, like, you b- used to it being ages away, and you're like, oh, yeah, I don't remember it. Well, it was last week. <laughs> uh, it wasn't quite last week, but but, yeah, but he was... But yeah, I do want to thank Kevin and, and, and Pete Maxwell who helped us sort of, you know, pull that together. Because, because although, as I say, I, I wasn't able to to, to get him um, on a podcast, I, I was able to get a lot of insights, which helped with the interviews. And also, it was just, he, he was just, he was just good on him. But one thing I do want to, a story, I do want to tell, and I've got Kevin's permission to do this, is there's a period when do you remember Billy Cometeo? Yeah, when he first comes to Liverpool, and obviously they want to play him because they have bought him, and so Joel is not getting in the Liverpool team. Um, but England keep picking him which is interesting and and Kevin was like you know it would have been you know people might have expected Well, he's not playing for Liverpool so he's not going to get in your England at the right city. youth group probably. yeah 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 yeah. Um, yeah he's just on the bench um, and he said there's a couple of times in his time at Liverpool where he's been on the bench but we kept picking him because he said like not that we know more than than them, but we knew that he was a potential England international and they identify them at a certain age group, say 14, 15, whatever it is. Like, who do we think could play for England? And then we get this group and we stick with them. And that's not to say that another lad won't really impress and suddenly get in as well. But he's like, we stick with these lads. And he talked as well about growth spurts and especially with defenders and how you've got to look out for it because he's like a lad might shoot up four or five months four or five months four or five inches you know over six months and suddenly looks slow and then you might watch him and he's trying to chase a ball down the channel trying to chase a forward down the channels and he can't catch him or he gets beat and you might think oh he's he's not quick enough to play center half in the premier league but he's just he's just so he's kevin says i'll always ask as he shot uploads recently and they go yeah and he's like yeah well that's what it is and it's and it's a really funny thing about because these these obviously got loads of experience in coaching but coaching youngsters and so they know what to look out for. Whereas me, and you might go just watch an under 18s game course, for the yeah, first yeah. time and go like, not well, sure about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks a decent. But but imagine if you if your body just suddenly changed overnight and then you tried to play football, you'd be all over the place, wouldn't you? And so and so it's, it's, it's
0: copying thirty eight now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's similar for it's similar for him. You've said me retired in a way I quite admire. I'm, I'm still making a fool of myself. Uh, but you've always been more dignified than me. But um But yeah, but he's a um he, he Kevin was saying that that was something that they were aware of with him that because he was he, he'd, he'd grown a lot and and he was he was still getting used to his body but he stuck with him when he wasn't getting picked when he was when his pace was sort of struggling and so it's not often I say you know Liverpool we've got a, a bit of a debt to England but in this case we have and to Kevin and to all of those and then obviously Ian gets him and goes to the Euros so so that was really interesting so yeah I got effectively six years of his England coaching as well as his captain at Bristol Bovers, which is brilliant. And that's a a funny story because he's, uh, I You have a what I do anyway is you have a little bit of a look at who who he played with, and you basically <laughs> the first thing is well, is there so any scousers? Do you know what I mean? Yep. Is, to, um, is there anyone who would think I'll, oh, someone might know them, uh, or they've been at the Liverpool Academy, and, and someone might have his number or something? And then when you don't see that, you just sometimes it's harder if they're still there, if if that sort of makes sense. So you say, well, who sort of moved on, and then I found, and it was a bit of a gift, really. As I say, Paul Coots, who was his captain last year and his you'll hear now is a really, really good guy, really funny guy and and really he was sharp on the game. You know, he's had he's played five hundred games in, in Cham- Championship League One football during you understand? So he's not a dope, yeah. So he's so he's great, but I was I was seeing where he is. But he's gone back up to Scotland, he's basically sort of semi retired, really. He's Scottish played all this time in England. His family had gone back up earlier than him, and then he was basically in his way. It's under a bit of pressure at home to go back. So he's got this sort of semi playing, semi coaching job with um, um, it's 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 called Inverurie Inver- Loco Works FC, okay. Um, let's go yeah him, him, and so the, the the effectively non-league in Scotland that he's got up there but the day after I, I went when I found this out I looked into them to see how they're getting on and they basically that night sacked the manager <laughs> so I'm having to email this club where probably no one works <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like zero full-time staff I reckon uh, you know outside of the management and yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. like that and going. I know you're busy, but can I interview this fella and, and he sorted it because people are sound. But Dan Gray, basically I got in touch with Dan Gray, who's our middle correspondent on Coach Home, but lives in Scotland, does loads on Scottish football. And I was like, Do you know anyone here? And he's like, No, but I know a man who will. And they got me the email address. I emailed them the day after they'd sacked the manager. <laughs> uh, and, and about three days later they had they had pockets for me, which was just really, really nice. So yeah, people are sound. Um he goes to weird and wonderful ways. But yeah, it couldn't have gone much better. But like I say, sometimes things fall into your laps. And then Barry Lutis is just fucking sound. He's just sound as fuck. Like, sorry, I'm banging on over here, but I just really like all these people, but I especially like Barry because we've known him for a long time. So Barry's under the 23s manager. And what I like about Barry, well, I like a lot of things about Barry, but one, one of the things I really like him, before him, it was Neil Critchley. And before him, um, it was Michael Bale in that job. And I've interviewed both of them as well. And Michael Beale came in to see us in Walker House, do you remember? I remember, yeah. He was off to Brazil. Yeah. And he'd taken a job in Brazil and and we said, can he come in and speak to us before he did? And he was good and he's a nice fella, but he talks like a football manager. Do you know what I mean? He's very like, you know, you speak to him and it's like speaking to, you know, it's like a press conference when you're just speaking to him one-on-one. Do you know what I mean? And that's not to say he's not like warm or anything like that, but he very much speaks like a manager and a coach and he's, and he's a football person and you're talking about footy um, and Neil Critchley's the same and he's got some great phrases and he's nice and he's again very very warm but you can he,
0: see why also young footballers respond to both of those exactly
1: two. but he's but he's very like he, again he's he's very much a football man really and you're talking about the footy whereas Barry Lutis is just like your mate from school he's got a job <laughs> and it just happens to be younger than 23 years and I just love him for it like you. Like, we when we went to um, the CAD, because it's all in one complex now, which is Boss, when we went to Kirby um, to interview, who was it? I was with Alison, when we give Alison the award and we interviewed Alison and so a few of the lads come and, um, to, to, to sort of film and I know Ash come and it oh, was Jordan there or, uh, there a few of us anyway, he went up and then afterwards coming out I bumped into Barry Lutus and I was just having a laugh with him and, and having a chat and we were saying, oh, it's boss about Curtis and, you know, just, just just two fellas having a laugh and then we come out and I went that's the England under 23s manager you know and like the others couldn't believe it because he was so like they just thought he just worked there like he was in the media team or something like the way I was speaking under 23s yeah, yeah 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 sorry yeah he's the I said he's the Liverpool under 23s manager and they, they sort of couldn't believe it they thought he was just in the media team yeah. or just because the way he was talking having a laugh and being really indiscreet and stuff like that and like so yeah I really really like Barry and yeah he, he comes across on this well but um, I've talked a lot there, but I just hope it was interesting, you know, because I think sometimes people are interested in how we put these things together. Yeah, but also and people
0: want to get your impression of the people that you spoke to. Like for instance, you might have you might have just got through the whole thing and gone, yeah, they were all right. Whereas in this instance, you really enjoyed doing this and speaking to all these people.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and they <laughs> did, and and they all really liked Jarell, and then but they all really liked the, you know, I mean obviously Barry's sort of slightly separate, but you know, Paul Paul Coots was talking about. Um, you know, as I say Joe Ibe, He worked with a couple of others. It comes up in the in, in the pod. It's obviously been a few days since I listened to it, but he, he talks about others who's worked with at Liverpool, saying how much he liked them. Um, and Ian was saying the same. Like the Liverpool lads had always spot on at England and set up, and yeah. And then Kevin Betts done loads, including he was at Fulham. He signed. Harvey Elliott for Fulham. So he was like, I'll have to come back on and talk to you about that. Over Harvey, he's a great kid, brilliant lad, and all great family. Do you always say great family? Joel Collins has got a great family. I know that. I've been told four times. Four times. Uh... This brother must be sad as fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all fabulous stuff listen listen to the whole thing uh, it is the business uh, you can get on the app you can use tokens if you want to go that way uh, if you want to obviously subscribe please uh, consider doing that because I think it's worth subscribing for this sort of thing uh, we're very lucky that we get to do it and get to chat to all these lovely people as John said before you know it is the business to be able to sort of <laughs> just chat away about football for 20 minutes every now and again with someone who let's be clear knows a lot more than you yeah. <laughs> as, as, as you're going through so do check it all out uh, do try to support what we're here at the Anfield rap you're gonna have a clip now uh from uh the the full thing uh, so do check that out do check the full thing out uh loads and loads of other fantastic stuff on the Anfield rap thank you very much to John thank you very much to everyone we spoke to and frankly had a wonderful time uh, see you later
1: what are your first memories of, of coming across Janelle? do you know what there's a there's
2: a real kind there of, it's a nice story I, I was doing the 12s coach and then the year after, with a few others in there, we're going to be kind of the new team. But I, I did Jurell. know Jarell, uh, uh, but you know, not i had not worked with him. And and I went to watch, I went to watch Liverpool under the Elevens versus Blackburn. And then there was a moment I was with Ray Sherwood, uh, who's now over in with, with Steve Facts. So, so so Ray knew the group. So we're standing on the side, and then there was this centre back. He gets the ball off the goalkeeper, and he, he used to always have his sleeves rolled up, and he's dribbling through Blackburn. And as the sleeve drops down, he's rolling the sleeve up while still dribbling through the midfield. And it, it was a fantastic team he was in. It was, you know, Tyler Moore and Leighton Stewart, James Norris, a real good group of kids, real good players. And and that's my first memory, know, Really, this kind of ball-playing centre-back. Unbelievably calm on the ball. Um, and obviously, back then, a little bit skinnier, a little bit more gangly, a little bit more all over but the place. Not like the man he's kind of turning into. But yeah, I can still remember the pitch—the pitch closest to the accent. Well, just just to the side of the action. It's a training pitch we sometimes use now. So yeah, I can still I can still remember it. I still remember it, like it
3: was yesterday. To be fair.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you were watching the Newcastle United game when he suddenly comes on and you're like, oh, well. oh there's the kid.
3: Yeah, actually, <laughs> I went down to the Newcastle game.
1: Oh wow! Well. I went to
3: watch Elliot Anderson because we had him the year before at Bristol. Uh, so I went to watch him at Newcastle, and then obviously Jarrell came on. That's. Didn't even know he was in the squad at the time. I was going, Jesus Christ, here's Jarrell coming on as well. So um, it was great to see him. Um, obviously, his circumstances have given him a bit of a chance to get in with the first team. And, you know, he's took it. He's done really well. He's obviously got a star away at Wolves. Um, and he's been in amongst the squad since. So, you know, he's got. you get that chance, you've got to try and take it. And you know it looks like he's done that.
1: Are you willing him on then when he comes on in that situation? Because, obviously, I mean, you've gone to see another player. So, yeah, it's just sort of loyalties, but you must have your fingers crossed them that, you know just don't make a mistake because that's what it's like a said and a half, i guess yeah i was probably more nervous watching them there and i was
3: thinking like you know come on, do well but you know the, the game went the game obviously went unbelievable at the end it was a uh, fascinating finish to the game but i was my ticket elliot put tickets on for me in newcastle and so i was watching it from there so didn't really know what to do with myself so <laughs> it was uh it was strange but it, was, it was great you know two young players who had obviously seen in the uh In their development stage over the last couple of seasons, coming on in a massive Premier League game like that, um, with two giants of English football and European football going at it. And you're thinking, you know, only a season or two ago that they're playing in League One and Elliot's case, League Two at Bristol Rovers. I mean, it shows what a great job the guys down there are doing and helping out these uh, young players.
1: Yeah, any other stories from him from his time down there before we let you go? No, I just, I mean, when he come in, obviously,
3: as I said, we had to get on top of the fire system we had a good fight system at bristol we had um you'd get fined financially but you'd also have to spin a wheel and it could land on anything and they were like stuff you'd do in front of the group You might have to dance for a minute he might have to sing a duet or something like that and Jarrell was landing on these every week and he was on there <laughs> and he was up and he was he was just a young lad shy embarrassed up dancing and singing in front of these group of lads he didn't know like you're saying experienced pros just sitting there laughing and all in good nature, good spirit, and stuff like that. But it really helped bring him out of his shell. And he took it, it, took it in his stride. But it was, it was hilarious to see him try a big stiff guy getting up to dance, no rhythm. them.
1: Unbelievable. Well, fair, to him, fair play to uh, for doing it. And I guess after you've you've stood up and danced in front of twenty senior pros at, at your level, St. James Park's nothing after that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Set him up for it, didn't
3: we? I'm delighted for for Jurel not only because um, he's such a talented footballer, but because he's such a good guy as well. You know, he's such a humble guy. Um, shows a lot of humility. Um, my biggest criticism, he should smile more. Looks <laughs> like he's a bullshard all the time, and he's really not. Um, but he's a smashing kid, and I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted for him.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.